0: let's just blow up the grid plan and uh, rewrite the streets to be much more a self-portraiture of our personal struggles uh, rather than some real estate broker's wet dream from 1807. We're forced to walk in these right angles. I mean, doesn't she find it infuriating? By being so completely allusioned to the grid plan, I think most noteworthy is this idiom, I can't even imagine changing the grid plan. Uh, She's really uh, aligning herself with this civilization, it's like saying, like, Oh, I can't imagine altering this civilization. I, I can't imagine altering this meek and lying morality that rules our lives. Can't imagine standing up on a chair in the middle of the room to change perspective. I can't imagine changing my mind on anything. I, in the end, can't imagine having my own identity that contradicts other identities. When she says to me, after my statements, Everyone likes the grid plan. Isn't she automatically excluding myself from everyone? How could you not like the grid plan? So functional. Take a right turn and a right turn and a right turn and then there's a red light and then a green light and a yellow light, it's so symmetrical. By saying that everyone likes the grid plan, you're saying I'm going to relive all the mistakes my parents made. I'm going to identify and relive all the sorrows my mother ever lived through. I will propagate and create dysfunctional children in the same dysfunctional way that I was raised. I will spread neurosis throughout the landscape and do my best to recreate myself and the damages of my life for the next generation.
1: everybody and welcome to generation Lost, the show about movies and other things that are also called movies with brian jeremy
2: (laughs) 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 yes absolutely other things that are also called movies that's right that's the other things that we talk about
1: that's correct and we got to get right into it because i have so many things to tell you about this week
2: oh my god yeah (laughs) okay so yeah go 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 right ahead please um okay
1: so first thing i wanted to shout out is there's this thing insane thing i found called dynamo dream by ian huppert mm-hmm. this weird guy who lives with his girlfriend or wife in the pacific northwest and he's been making a show a sci-fi show about some sort of weird dystopian universe um for the past three years he released one 30 minute episode this month i think Mm -hmm. uh and it's fucking insane like i can't believe that it's all shot in like a garage basically i mean he has like a big compound where he like makes all the stuff by hand shit is like controlled as arduinos but almost all of it is cgi Uh um and it's him and his girlfriend and like that's it
2: where does the like money come from for production and stuff is it like a patreon thing
1: uh some of it is patreon thing i think he was also just like a special effects guy Mm -hmm. and then like sort of was like working on it on the side and it's taken a long time and now he's sort of making enough money to do it and only that um i think (laughs) i haven't really looked too much into it but it's not like the best thing to watch it's like the acting is a little shoddy the um the story is like a little bit obsessed with its details you know Mm -hmm. it's like the 30 minutes feels like the beginning of a movie, like the first 5 or 10 minutes of a movie stretched out to 30 minutes. Right. Um so it's not like a perfect thing, but I have to say it's one of the most incredible looking things that is just like mm-hmm. how can this cuz it looks like a Hollywood movie. Right. And so it's but it's like all the it's so specifically one person's vision. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it's, yeah, yeah, You very rarely get to see anything like this moving. Sure. Um, and it's just great. You gotta we gotta check it out just to look at it. Um, right. Um, and
2: how much of it is there? Is just the one half hour? Just
1: one half hour. He did another thing called I think it's just called Dynamo or Just Dream. Uh-huh. Um, that was like another thing that was like sort of smaller scale. Um, but this is a new thing that he's doing. Um. And it's the first episode. And he's like, I'm going to try and make this next one not take three years. <laughs> um, so hopefully, I think now that he's getting a little more attention and a little mo- more money, he's going right. to like, be able to put more time into it. Um, but yeah, it's like, I think he did every single shot by hand. Like it's it's crazy, very crazy. Um, I'm going to pull it up uh, while I tell you about this other thing just <laughs> to show you how crazy it is. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, he, he has some sort of he has some sort of like place in the woods that he moved to, but it looks like, uh, it looks like she's like selling a little salad cup. Um, she like, and then she's got like a father or something in a different, um, in a different place. And she's trying to get a phone call. And that's sort of Uh, like the main sort of
2: Jesus. Yeah. (laughs) What the fuck?
1: (laughs) And what's really interesting about it is that like, the handheldness of all of it. Like, it'll follow her around. Yeah. And she's just, like, hanging out, and then it'll, like, turn.
2: Yeah, well, it's, like, some, uh, It looks like J.J. Abrams shit.
1: Yeah, it looks like... It looks like a Hollywood big-budget
2: production. But, I mean, like, that handheld thing is, like, such a J.J. Abrams move to, like, be, like, in a very clearly artificial environment to, like, make it look a little more organic, though, by, like, just kind of, like, jostling things a little bit.
1: Yeah. And there's a lot of fun ideas, like... That sort of built that is world building like yeah on the news. There's like a giant crab is fighting this like this thing. Um, and it's also funny because all of the acting feels like mumblecore acting because mm-hmm. she's not an actor. Right. Like she's not like good. So it's like this level of production with like almost what feels like home video acting. What um, the fuck? <laughs> it's amazing
2: this is so crazy looking i cannot believe this yeah i wish this was a visual medium but then we couldn't really show this anyway so yeah um whatever i guess but folks (laughs) just check it out it looks wild it's
1: cool and it doesn't even have a million views like it's not it's not like like, really famous yet um but i watched what are we
2: at like oh, a little over half okay yeah
1: So he's getting there, and I mean, he has almost 500,000 subscribers, but I mean, just this level of quality
2: is just insane.
1: Uh, Definitely worth watching. It's only 20 minutes long.
2: 500,000 is a pretty good subscriber. That's about when, I think that's about when Abby was like making a living at it.
1: Yeah. And I think he definitely has a Patreon or some, yeah, yeah, Patreon. Um, So, you know, just wanted to shout this guy out. Yeah, Um, that's
2: fucking sick. I'm definitely going to watch that.
1: (laughs) It's super awesome. Um, And then the other thing I wanted to talk about is yet another very small... Uh, person who I went and saw something called floaters.com this week. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, and this is, I don't know how I, how I found out about it. It was sent to an email I don't use anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just like this weird, like old internet sort of like sparkly text gifts. It yeah. was like floater.com world premiere. And I was okay. like, what the fuck is this? And I watched the trailer and it looked like some sort of, um tim and eric level insanity um by a man named steve gerard who has really as far as i can tell done nothing else and uh i don't think i'm looking it up right now and he doesn't even seem to have it the trailer on youtube (laughs) Uh, (laughs) so uh it was um so i went i went it. i went to see if i could see what it was cuz the trailer looked so bizarre um jesus look at this site <laughs> yep yeah. yeah it's only on vimeo um and uh the trailer is sort of like tim and Eric level thing and i didn't know what to expect um it was a pretty uh packed house and uh what happened was <laughs> is that for the first um, hour of this. It-
2: <laughs> <laughs> this is terrible podcasting, but
1: <laughs> it looks crazy, right? It looks really I'll put funny. This, I'll, put, <laughs> I'll put this in the. Uh, I'll put this in the in the notes.
2: Yeah. Um, so this is an important question right off the bat. Is it funny?
1: Uh, um, kind of. Is it
2: supposed to be funny? Yes. Okay.
1: Well, sort of. It's supposed to be that sort of like very weird feeling of dread and surrealism that Sherman sure. Eric kind of has sometimes, especially with, like, bedtime stories and some of their more experimental stuff. Uh-huh. Um But when I went there, it was, like, a stand-up comedian, like, two stand-up comedians and a musical performer did, like, 10 to 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Like the the first stand-up comedian was an elderly like a middle-aged black man who just did like <laughs> just did like hip hop these days <laughs> <laughs> okay. is all is all dope fiends right. and gay men <laughs> oh that's
2: that's who you were telling me yeah, about yeah, yeah and yeah, it yeah. was amazing wow <laughs>
1: just this crowd full of i mean there was it was a very diverse crowd mm-hmm. um but just everyone was uncomfortable by him and then a really good musical performance and then another uh stand-up comedian who was just m- a maniac who just like didn't seem to have anything prepared he just was mm-hmm. screaming here was name? Um, no but i'll remember it and after this i'll tell you um but <laughs> he uh he he was actually very funny uh-huh. um anyway so it was like an hour and a half, and I was like, "When is this movie going to start?" Because I'm still under the impression that this is a feature, right? And I'm like, "When is this going to?" I was like, "How long are we going to be here?" And it turned out it was a half an hour long movie. Oh, okay. And I was like, "Oh, all right." Um, this was a fun time. Watched the movie, really, really insane. Um, great, really surprisingly good. Like it mm-hmm. was a, a like a sort of thought out, sci-fi movie about this weird company that's like Malkoviching people, basically, like stealing their bodies and then having other, like entering their bodies to like control, like basically taking over powerful people to like get them to give them money, like running a weird scam. And then it's sort of about these two brothers who are annoying dipshits who work for this company, who are basically stealing the discs with the people's bodies on them so they can enter it and have a fun time. Mm -hmm. And then the trouble they get into with the company for doing that.
2: Yeah. That's interesting that that's not a part of being John Malkovich that they never <laughs> like steal his money.
1: Yeah. Uh, but it's like, it's basically like kind of like a weird website that is, uh, It it's basically a phishing website, but it steals your identity literally. Right. Right. Right um, right. um, and it's very strange and it has some funny parts. Um, but it's just really impressive. It took them a long time to make, Mm -hmm. um and it has this very sort of it's clear like we want to be on adult swim yeah and it feels like that and they should be like it's it would if i saw it on adult swim i think everyone would think it was great
2: like it's sort of right it's like one of those things that would be like the adult Swim infomercials
1: exactly but like even at another level than that like Uh it like at least as good as the the infomercial of too many cooks no the un un oh the un narrated Mm -hmm. images of a bear yeah Um, yeah, that level of like insanity and special effects and practical effects, um, cleverness. It was mm-hmm. good. It was really good. Um, one of those great, like, I stumbled on a thing in New York City and went to it and had a good time. Right. But it was yeah, yeah. very strange. <laughs> I didn't know any of these people. Um, some of them were clearly out of their mind, like, literally during the p- program of very unstable woman went on stage and started screaming, get out, like leave and like dancing, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it wasn't a part of the show. I don't think,
2: <laughs> Yeah, um, but maybe I love um, that. That's like one of my favorite, like New York sort of vibes is like when you're around a bunch of people, you're like, <laughs> nobody's stable here. Yeah. Like no. it just, like you're the most stable person. I'm
1: there. not a normal person, but I'm very normal in this crowd. <laughs> yeah. Like
2: there was a guy who, um, used to do open mics who called himself um, Georgie Porgy. uh, Okay. Like from like the, it's like a nursery rhyme or whatever. I don't know what his real name was, but Georgie Porgy was this weird dude who just like, he he would uh, be like fucking he'd be uh, some sort of pills I don't know what pills some sort of pills <laughs> just yeah. like slurring his words on stage doing five minutes every time <laughs> slurring his words nothing sounds like anything it's yeah. like it doesn't sound like he's ever saying words but it has the intonation of jokes right and and then <laughs> so, uh, every time like yeah, yeah like every time he gets some punch and then like you know pauses for a laugh nothing comes and then he like does like the metal horns goes rock <laughs> <laughs> He just starts like mumbling Ooh. another thing, and then back to mumbling some sort of song, <laughs> and then <I> said,
3: "Rock!" <laughs> wow,
2: that's just like a weird character. And one time he crazy. came up to me after an open mic, and he's like, "He's like, Jeremy, I'd love to have you on my show," and I was like, "I would." <laughs> love to see what the georgie Porgy show is like
1: what does that mean a tv show
2: no a it's, a, it's a live show he books me on his live show <laughs> and uh it was in a uh it was in like a loft apartment in a warehouse in ridgewood like all the way out by the um by the graveyard um like literally the last street before the graveyard one of those ones that like it's like not even paved mm-hmm. um and I go out there, and it's like four people who are like just like him,
1: are, are <laughs> just like at on this loft. ketamine or yeah, something. It's yeah, like fucked <laughs> on something, like
2: like just like laying on the ground, like looking up at the ceiling and shit. <laughs> they have like a sex swing that's just like out <laughs> oh, and like no. like there, but like you know, it's just like sitting there yeah. in the middle of the room. And I'm just like it's So like, where's uh, where's Georgie? And they're like, oh, he's on his way. I'm like, okay, cool. And then the show's going to start, what, in like like half an hour or something like that? They're like, yeah. And then, you know, it's like an hour goes by and like Georgie's not showing <laughs> up. And like two more comics have shown up for the bill. And they're like, yeah, so uh, where's Georgie? We end up waiting around for him for about like two hours.
3: Oh, my God. <laughs> because
2: he keeps like texting them being like, hey, keep them there. Like, I'm coming. I'm on my way. He finally shows up. <laughs> Don't
1: let them leave. He finally
2: shows up with no less than like 30 people with him huge Locking? crowd of people who are all like him he <laughs> just has like 30 people who are just like him who are all just like mumbling weird on drugs <laughs> people who are wearing like ridiculous colorful outfits like raggy colorful outfits and whatever and yeah. they just like pack out the place and he's like oh I get to town <laughs> and start the show he goes up on stage and he does his like normal routine of just like but it's mumbling and mumbling he's like absolutely murdering <laughs> And every time he goes rock, everybody's just like clapping for his fucking catchphrase. And he goes rock.
1: I was just thinking you were gonna say the entire audience also goes
3: rock. I win. <laughs> you're wish. like, oh my god, it's
1: Buckaroo Banzai across the eighth dimension. <laughs> These are aliens. <laughs>
2: but yeah it ended up being like an incredible show we all just fucking murdered for this crowd of just like extremely on ketamine people
1: man that's a great story all right (laughs) one last thing i want to tell you before uh i I know i don't have a lot of time but i did we we talked about luca Mm uh i don't know if it was on the bonus or the regular but we talked about there's this movie that came out when we saw it we're like oh they're gonna be gay
3: yeah they're Uh, not
1: gay they're not gay what and what's crazy about it is is like it feels so much like they're supposed to be Mm -hmm. to the point that it like feels like they're using the fish thing as a metaphor and it like at like the end of the movie i don't want to completely spoil it but like maybe i have to spoil it um
2: it feels like they're... It resolves itself in such a way that, like... The wh- end of
1: the movie is being a fish is being a queer person. Mm-hmm. And it feels like that's the point of it, but they don't... They're just friends. And then there's also, like, another girl character in it that, like, he ends up going to school with. And it's all very platonic and not romantic. Yeah. <laughs> um. So that was just really bothered me that it's, like... I agreed with you at the time. It's like they could have done that. They could have just had like two kids fall in love in Italy. Yeah. Like uh, the A.O. Scott for the A.A.V. Club called it Calamari for your name. (laughs) Like everyone understood that this was a gay sort of summer of romance kind of thing the one kid has like dad problems because his dad left him and he's really like reliant on this kid to sort yeah. of like go away with him and like get out of the town. And it really feels like through most of the movie that they're going to like get to a point where like we're the only two people in the whole town that are fish people and we're going <laughs> to win this race, get the money to buy a Vespa and we're going to go out, go away and we're right. going to like live together forever. That's the plot of the movie. But it like ends up in a way that they don't even be together at the end even as friends so it's like what the fuck is this (laughs) do you think they just like
2: pussed out
1: I don't know the director gave like a little bit of an interview I looked this up and the director gave an interview that was like I never meant it to be that way it's like very personal for me it's just about childhood friendship it's just about fish their kids Yeah. it's just a movie about fish he's like I just wanted to feel like an outsider like an underdog and it's like fuck you man that sucks so much (laughs) that's sucks (laughs) unfortunately the movie is really cute like it's i'm sure it's it's probably great it's one of the better pixar movies it doesn't fall on its face the way soul and onward does like Mm -hmm. scripting wise it's really strong acting it's funny it's cute it's it's one of the better i would say on the lower end of the better ones like i think for me that's like wally um toy story three and four um what are some of the really good ones um inside out like Mm -hmm. i think it's on that level but on the low end of that so it's like it's worth watching but i was just so i was thinking the whole time i was like are they not gonna be gay kids they're
2: not gonna be gay they're
1: not and And you're not
2: gonna resolve the metaphor in such a way that at least the metaphor makes sense to like that's
1: that's what's really unfortunate because i think what the way the metaphor of it resolves is that like people are prejudiced until you spend some time with them Right, which is not the case. Like yeah. <laughs> that's not how it works. If your whole town is based around some like cultural identity of murdering fish people, you don't just like spend a couple times with fish people and like, hey, we're all accepting of you. Right. You know, and it's like, and if that's your point, and it was gay, it would be kind of offensive. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like really weird and kind of disappointing. So, I think it was like, not the. Not the best Pixar movie, but definitely worth watching at least. But yeah, uh, upsettingly not gay. <laughs> so I wanted to mention that.
2: All right, what did you watch this week, Jeremy? Um, so I so you know we for our regular movie this week we watched the cruise, and I wanted to watch another New Yorkie movie, and I was like, what's like a good New York movie? And I was like kind of like googling around for it, and like I was like, oh fuck, no, no, I don't want to watch a good New York movie. I want to watch it. <laughs> in the
3: heights it <laughs> i kept coming watch up. i, terrible... like, I want to watch a
2: terrible movie i so i watched in the heights okay um on, on hbo Max, lin-manuel, the Lin-Manuel new miranda joint. new thing uh, although it's his old thing that's become his new thing again right it's his um, first thing so for folks at home it's a it's a musical about uh washington heights uh which is a neighborhood in new york washington heights Washington <laughs> Heights. yeah they, they say it like that at the beginning um <laughs> What's very funny in that scene, though, is that, so he says, like, in a faraway land in Nueva York called Washington (laughs) Heights, right? And, like, it's, like, cute. It's kind of funny that he says it like that. And Uh then he's, like, say it with me because he's talking to these kids. He's, like, say it with me so that, you know, like, the name doesn't get forgotten. And all these kids are, like... Washington Heights. They say it right. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Washington Heights.
2: (laughs) And Uh, they didn't
1: direct them to say it like. (laughs) Yeah, right. Say it more. Or they're just like child
2: actors, and you can't really get them to do anything.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Washington Heights. (laughs)
2: Um, So, so the movie is about uh, it's it's a guy who's telling a story to his his daughter and and her friends uh, on a beach in the Dominican Republic, and he's telling the story about when he used to live in Washington Heights. And this one summer where it was really hot and uh, there was a big blackout and the whole movie is centered around like, you know, four days until the blackout, three days until the blackout. Oh, weird. It's um, like they know what's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. Well, like you as the person in the future know what's going to happen. And he's telling the story as like, here's the story of the summer that the blackout happened. Right. Um. And it's about him. He runs a bodega and he's got this little boy who works with him who's like his cousin or something like that. And he's got a friend who works at a taxi dispatcher. There's like it's two Lin-Manuel romantic Miranda, interests. It's right? Uh, no, Lin-Manuel is just like a little side character who sells the little uh, shaved ice. Oh, okay. Um, although in the original musical, uh, this was Lin-Manuel and you can tell from the way that he talks and the way that he sings. Because <laughs> uh-huh. uh, <laughs> he's a massive pussy. <laughs> like,
3: <laughs> Constantly does that, like, little thing oh. that he does with
2: his voice, where he's like,
3: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> why? I don't um, want to.
2: So, yeah, so it's it, there's like some romantic thing happening between like uh, the main guy and this girl who wants to be a fashion designer, and then there's another thing about this taxi dispatcher guy is dating this girl who went away to Stanford and then she's come back, and like her story is that like her dad is like selling off his business to try to like pay for her to go to Stanford. And she's like, but everybody's racist at Stanford. <laughs> and he's like, uh-huh. he's like, I don't really care. Uh, I want you to go to college the dad. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I'm going to keep selling off parts of my business so you can keep going to college. And she's uh-huh. like, but they're not nice to me. And he's <laughs> like, I genuinely don't care. And then at the end <laughs> of it, up. she's like, she's like, oh, I realize now that by going to Stanford, I can do anti-racism work. And he's like, great, whatever it takes, I don't care. <laughs> I just want
1: you to have money. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so that's how that plot goes.
1: <laughs> great.
2: <laughs> so so there's been like a lot of critique of the movie uh, recently about colorism. Yeah. And um and and a lack of representation of of dark skinned Latino people. I have to say I a hundred percent agree. Now having watched the movie, a hundred percent agree. It is so outrageously whitewashed. <laughs> like the only dark-skinned people are just African American people. There's no dark skinned Latino people. Oh. in the background, there are. There's a lot of sure. background people who are dark-skinned Latino. And I actually like decided to look this up because I was so curious. I was looking up all the <laughs> actors and what their actual national like background is um mostly puerto ricans uh a couple of cubans isn't it
1: supposed to be all dominicans
0: though uh
2: no and this is interesting so the main (laughs) character is supposed to be dominican he's in the dominican republic telling the story that guy's puerto rican (laughs) okay looks very puerto rican does not look dominican at all Mm -hmm. the uh girl who goes to stanford is dominican her character in the movie puerto rican what (laughs) really bizarre little mismatch i mean
1: (laughs) if you are puerto rican or dominican please tell us if those are interchangeable things yeah let us know <laughs> right, right
2: right in right us <laughs> an email are those interchangeable
1: <laughs> <laughs> does it not matter and there's no cultural difference at all because it, in the heights makes us think that that's the case yeah l-
2: let me know is is one of those on the same geographic landmass as haiti uh <laughs> just <laughs>
1: And the other one definitely isn't. Definitely not, and kind
2: of its own island altogether.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Uh, We don't know. So really
2: bizarre. Really bizarre choices on that. (laughs) But the other thing that's so fascinating to me about this, and I want to say, like, Geographical critique of movies is one of the smallest dick ways that you can possibly <laughs> critique a movie. I always hate when people are like, "Here's a plot hole, okay? How did they get from Central Park oh, to yeah, Brooklyn yeah, yeah. Bridge in like 15 minutes?" I hate that sort of shit. <laughs> okay. But I cannot tell you how insane this made me. They so there's scenes where somebody will be walking along a street and above them is the subway okay now here's here's a little factoid about washington heights you may (laughs) not know Uh, just guessing from the name washington heights what do you think what do you what do you think washington heights is is
1: i would uh, guess it's
2: high it's pretty high yeah yeah. (laughs) and um trains famously uh don't do inclines very well Uh so
1: underground usually. underground
2: train you have you have an underground train in manhattan it's certainly not going all the <laughs> way up to get up to the top of a hill to be in above the, the, the point the point i'm making is there's no above ground trains in washington heights right
1: yeah so, why would there be
2: why would there be there aren't they're absolutely 100 underground for all of washington heights so what about harlem uh there's parts of harlem where it does go above ground okay that's
1: what i was thinking of
2: but this movie takes place in Washington Heights yeah. and, and and it is about Washington Heights. It's about the neighborhood. They are really, really sincerely talking about it. <laughs> they show the, they show the, the above ground train and I'm like, okay, you know, whatever it's, you've got like a location scouting issue. Like I'm not going to like, I'm not going to ding you for it. Whatever. Maybe this scene is in, you know, Harlem. Maybe they went to the Bronx. Like maybe it's a different place that is happening. They show it a couple more times. Okay. And I'm like, all right, so we we've got a little bit of a we've got a little bit of a problem here, but like I mean, what do, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? I mean, it's you you got to work where you can work, and in COVID times, whatever. There's a song. There is a song where this girl is like, "I hear the train outside my window." What? <laughs> and like the chorus of it is like, "I'm gonna take that elevated train all the way to my dreams or whatever it is." She keeps referencing the <laughs> elevated train. But there and I'm isn't like, one. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? And then after that, they keep showing it and they keep showing it like they show it next to the buildings isn't that they like live in the and stuff. is like on
1: the poster too? Like a, an above ground subway or MTA train?
2: It's, this is the thing. The, 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 there's an old lady character and it's a matriarch character who dies and in her fucking afterlife scene where she's going to the great beyond, she walks up the stairs onto an elevated train. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they're specifically trying to drive me insane.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but like, isn't he didn't live there? He right? didn't
2: live there, so, and it's like it's so clear that he just like doesn't know anything about Washington Heights. Why did
1: he write this movie? Why did you
2: write this movie if you don't know anything about the fucking place? And it's like, I really like. I, it, this isn't like, this isn't the most important thing in the world, but it's like, it's like if you watch Do the Right Thing and they like filmed it in the Upper East Side yeah. and you'd be looking at the buildings and you'd be like, this I'm is... sorry, this is not bedside. <laughs> <It's laughs> There's not a even certain point close. at which you have to say, like, I'm sorry, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you're just fucking wrong.
1: <laughs> I mean, I I, I I do agree with you that it's like, movies are you have to like have a little bit of disbelief it's it's annoying to be like oh wow how'd they get from brooklyn to manhattan in the short amount of time or like they turned a corner and now they're in brooklyn i get it's like sometimes it's weird i live here it's it's a thing that only i will notice or only the eight million people who live here would notice or whatever but like there is a little bit of like you can't shoot in jersey yeah you know (laughs) like the farther you get from that where it's like Oh, they turn the corner and they're clearly in Connecticut or L.A. Or like right. obviously that would be absurd, and you wouldn't like, you know. And I think if you're making a movie that's specifically about a neighborhood,
2: that's the thing, right? It's like if if you are it's, saying like this is a movie name about of this the place, movie. yeah, in the <laughs> Heights, you're you're not even saying in Washington Heights, you're saying in the Heights. Yeah. you are yourself referencing how high this place is. <laughs> Ah! (laughs) why would he do that why would you make this movie (laughs) oh and then this is really funny too is so the whole narrative device is that it's this dude telling a story to his kids about washington heights and he's on a beach in the dominican republic and the whole time he's saying like in the movie he's like man i'm moving to the dr i'm fucking done here i'm done with (laughs) i'm done with washington heights i want to get the fuck out of here and like revive my dad's old bar in the Dominican Republic and and live in fucking paradise and you are watching it and you're like okay he's in paradise he's telling he his that. kids the story of getting here and whatever and then at the end of it he's like he's like actually I'm just kidding. I found my paradise and it's Washington Heights. And then he like zoom out cameraman and it's like, look, I actually redid the bodega to look like a beach.
1: <laughs> what? <laughs>
2: and so you're like you're like, okay, that's cute, but then you're like, but he's telling his kids the story from that perspective. <laughs> what are his kids just like in on it? Like <laughs> It's an illusion that only works for the audience. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs>
1: Yeah, what does that mean? Like,
2: in universe, he tells the kids, like, and surprise, I didn't move to the DR. I stayed They're in like, Washington High Like, what? Really? We've been in this bodega our been, whole life. We've been
1: trapped in this bar or yeah. whatever.
2: Oh, and the other geographical thing that really just drove me up a fucking wall is that uh, there's a sequence where uh, the art school, the the fashion school girl, does like a very. This happens in like every type of this movie where like. She sees like some splatter paint on like somebody's like doing graffiti and like wipes up the paint with like a bit of like a rag and it's like splatter paint on and she's like, "Wait a second! Oh no!" I can- <laughs> you know exactly what it is. Yeah. She like makes clothes out of like the splatter painty oh, stuff no. and whatever. Uh, <laughs> but where that takes place, the fucking Joker stares.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs>
2: I kind of feel like at this point They're you just can't the, you can't yeah. you can't film at the Joker
1: Stairs. No, you can't film at the Joker Stairs.
2: They're the Joker Stairs. It's not now. even a
1: good first, it's not even a good location. But it's so specific <laughs> to that movie. Yeah,
2: you can't do the Joker Stairs anymore.
1: Yeah, that's also in Harlem.
2: That's in no, that's in the Bronx.
1: Oh right, yeah, it's in the Bronx. Not in the Heights. Yeah. <laughs> um Yeah, you can't fucking Why? I I, I just feel, like, very strongly that if you're going to make a movie about a specific neighborhood, that's all you're allowed to film. Yeah. If you
2: can find a place that looks like it, I will... I will let you have that like if you can find A place that like the building is like close Enough and like you're doing a tight shot
1: Small subway mistakes like Oh the F doesn't go there or whatever you know Like I'll accept it Film there
2: you have to film there Yeah you absolutely fucking Cannot center your movie In so many ways (laughs) because that's the thing Is it's not just like it's not just a shot That has the train they have a song He wrote the song (laughs) in The regular musical Years ago <laughs> They've had so much time to revise you it and be have, like, let's not put that song in because there's no elevated train there. You could have gone there, there once.
1: <laughs> you could have just gone there one time, looked around, and been like, like oh, hmm.
2: damn, this is sure a high place. <laughs>
1: <laughs> With a lot of Dominican black people. Yeah, wow. <laughs>
2: None of these people look like me, Lynn Manuel Moran. Yeah,
1: I just wanted to see me in the, so I wrote about something I have no idea what I'm talking about. What a fucking dumbass. That guy should get canceled. Yeah.
2: Anyway, I will say I will say though in every conceivable way a better musical than Hamilton. I believe it. Cuz that movie every possible way way
1: better. Hamilton is awful.
2: Yeah. Also when the matriarch lady dies uh, in her subway, you know, afterlife sequence Lots mm-hmm. of very cool old trains that they rented from the transit Museum,
1: oh, that's fun. I worked on a movie that did that, really. Yeah, that has some like flashback sequence where a kid was like, like stumbling through time. and then, like, they went, like car by car through the decades that rules it's like he, like, sees a ghost from. It's like a it's a horror movie, mm-hmm. and like he like falls, and then it's like the eighties, and That's it's like so everything's sick. all
2: fucking like hell. Yes, dude. Graffiti'd. Were you involved in the logistics of like moving the the trains to where you filmed?
1: No, no, no I, I I I did the music. Oh, um, so I didn't. I wasn't even on set, but it was cool <laughs> to see. Um, I don't know how they did that.
2: Yeah, that's what I want to know with it this has, too. Is the, it's like it's got to be such a logistical nightmare to get them from because the transit museum is a subway stop. Yeah, like it's just an old subway stop, so you've got to like move the trains, I guess, down the rails and then like through like unused tunnels. I don't know what you do. My
1: guess is that they didn't have them on the tracks because it's mostly on the inside, mm-hmm. and then just like the doors and stuff. They probably just went there I don't know how they
2: did no it. they couldn't film there that's I knew that I looked it up oh okay um, and they said they moved it to another subway station so they must have like used the trash train or something like that those yellow trash yeah, trains yeah, that yeah. come out late at night uh-huh. maybe they used that and like pushed it to where they needed to go during like a slow off time or something like that but you gotta they, that's such a logistical hell I can't even <laughs> imagine
1: <laughs> yeah it was a small production because like, yeah. no one's heard of this movie uh anyway as you can tell, we love New York.
2: We love New York. We're big
1: fans of the place we live, Um honestly. Uh, and this week, we watched a movie about a guy who also really loves New York. Yeah. Uh, his name is Speed Levitch. And uh, the movie is called The Cruise. From the Cruise 1998. from 1998. Um And this movie is directed by a man who I forget his name, uh, Bennett Miller. Mm-hmm. who went on to do uh, quite a few more interesting things. Did he? Um,
2: I did not look into this.
1: Yeah, he he did uh, Moneyball. Really? Um, he did uh, Fox Catcher and Capote with, uh, what? with Philip Seymour Hoffman. He's only done four movies, but those are all of them. That's uh, crazy. He went from The Cruise <laughs> to Capote? Yeah, uh, almost a decade later. Wow. Um, but he's done some interesting stuff in his life. Yeah. Um, he said in an interview he described himself as a tumbleweed. I don't have a company. I don't have a staff. I don't own anything. I've never owned a car or an apartment. Wow. <laughs> uh, so he's a weird guy, and uh, basically at this at some point in the nineties, he met his younger brother, had a friend named Speed Levitch, and he was like, "This guy would make a great subject of a movie."
2: Yeah, it's just like it. You can see in the movie very quickly. Like the, there's no narrative really there's no like like he's not in it like it's just speed but you can see so clearly right away like how this came together right yeah. it's just like you meet this guy and you're like I just have to follow you around mm-hmm.
1: Um. so this movie is a documentary in the loosest sense I mm-hmm. think it's not what you think of when you think of a documentary it is a, a character piece it's So I, Jeremy sent me a really interesting article, and I feel like we kind of have to start with the history of it a little bit. Yeah. Um, the article was about this movie was sort of one of the first big entries into the digital video, um, scene. Yeah. Um, he tried to make this movie. He shot almost eighty hours of footage. Um, on. A different medium i think with film or something yeah like just with like, like a how, real oh, life
2: film camera and they said he was like using a um, eight millimeter like and a he, boom mic and like doing real setups and stuff uh
1: yeah and so he just thought it looked it didn't feel right it was sort of all bad he couldn't get a handle on it and then he heard about a mini dv camera um and so he bought one of those used a lav mic um to attached to speed and then they started sneaking into his job yeah uh which is something you don't really understand because so the 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 premise of the movie or what you sort of are launched into is this guy who's just talking all of the time he's a very high-pitched um jewish boy whose name is speed and he is a yeah you instantly
2: know why he's called speed uh,
1: yeah because he will not <laughs> stop talking um and he um he's a bus tour guide he's a tour guide of a bus tour
3: mm-hmm.
1: um and that's his job um and in a in a in a different documentary you might have a a narrator or an interview with the the bus depot guy yeah that's he,
2: what you would that's what you would expect is is a guy being like yeah speed he like he came in here and like at first we were like man this guy's annoying but then like <laughs> the tourists they love him you yeah. know and like he started to gain a cult following and whatever and like that's
1: not explained
2: that's, that's not only is that not explained that's not the case like I don't one know of what the case most is. one of the most fascinating things about this movie to me is like how like whimsical and poetic and like huge his ideas are and he's constantly just like musing these like uh, these ridiculously beautiful things that he'll say and then like the camera will pan over to the tourists on the bus and they could not care any less (laughs) like nobody's paying attention to him they're like not even looking at it yeah
1: (laughs) they probably don't speak english yeah like
2: (laughs) he's just like watch he's like
1: so that's one of the things that you you were saying like the director isn't in the movie. Yeah. And I, 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 he's not literally in the movie, but his presence is the only thing you have besides Steve or speed. Excuse me. <laughs> um, and, and, one of the things that happens a lot in this movie is speed will say something or be acting a little too over the top. And the camera will pan to like someone walking by just like (laughs) to remind you that we're in New York city and people are watching this happen. Yeah. This isn't a little room you're in with him and it's, it is intimate, but it's like, this is a crazy person (laughs) yes
2: the best one of those to me is when he's talking about um terracotta yeah he's like showing you this one building where he's just like he's like it's it's the phallic beauty of the building and like it's like and it's like the thrusting of sex and like oh yeah
1: he's just moaning and he's just like
2: moaning and like he's pointing to like (laughs) this one woman statue he's like
3: "Uh, uh, uh,"
2: and then like he just like the camera just like like walks away from him to just show people walking past him as he he's like very unceremoniously like looking up just going <laughs> uh, uh.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep um and i feel like there's a certain level of it, it's a weird decision i think because it's like there's moments where i feel like it wants to give you this sort of levity from him because He's so intense. Mm-hmm. And I, while I was watching it, I almost didn't like it. Yeah. Like, I think in retrospect, I think it needs it a little bit. Um, but at the moment, I was just like, you're taking me out of the moment with speed. Right. Like, I'm enjoying him talking. Yeah, I don't, You're
2: in the cruise. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't need to see people thinking he's weird because they're not really they're just passing by. Right. He's not a crazy person. He's just an artsy guy yeah. who, like, thinks a lot and has a specific philosophy on life. Um, and I didn't love that part. So anyway, the very broad strokes of the movie is that you sort of learn that he's a bus tour guide. Um, and that's what he does for a living. He thinks it's really important. Um, he doesn't like that he has to work for a living, um and he doesn't have his own house he's couch surfing yeah um and that's sort of mostly what you learn about him yeah he's um, got
2: like a fraught relationship with his parents it seems like um, his grandparents his grandparents he too ever, does he, he references even, his parents in that in the brooklyn bridge uh, monologue at the end um because okay. he has that whole thing about how like what is it it's like uh when he was born from his mother and like like a piece of him was left inside and every time you menstruate don't you see that that's my blood that's Uh my blood that you're bleeding out
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah my least favorite part of the movie Uh, (laughs) uh, (laughs) um yeah he he definitely has like a weird relationship with his parents which i mean i understand at the you know he seems like someone who wouldn't
2: you know yeah he certainly seems like somebody who's disappointing his parents i could say that with certainty yeah
1: um and he is sort of just it's a movie that sort of follows him around and what is his life like um and that's about all there is to it yeah um so i guess this is a jeremy pick and i want to know what do you think about this movie and what why did you pick it
2: well I love this movie I've always loved it. Um, I'm a big fan of of the city I'm a big fan of him. I love listening to him talk. I've like watched his TV show before um, I've like listened to other things like I've he does, there's a couple videos of his tours. I've like watched those before I've just always been a big fan of listening to him talk but specifically I wanted to watch this now. And it's funny because I picked this a while ago, but I was like, "This is about when COVID's going to be over," and I was (laughs) like, "This will be a really nice like New York movie to like get us like excited to be like back out in the world."
1: Absolutely, because
2: he's got such a fucking like joie de vivre, you know, and
0: like there's nothing, there's nothing that makes
2: you want to like get out and see the city again more than like hearing Speed just be like. Like the slut, the Chrysler Building—a <laughs>
1: <Yeah. laughs> vulgar, voluptuousness.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, the best line though is the when he's when he's showing you the Chrysler Building and like he says something like um, like critics at the time called it uh, like a obsequious uh, 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 opulence for opulence's sake, opulence's sake. In the sunlight, yeah, and then like it k- pans back to him. And he's like, "The sun, another feature of New York, to your upper left," <laughs> <laughs> and like you hear one person
3: laugh.
1: <laughs> yeah, I do like the I do like the sort of just how no one cares about yeah,
2: what he's doing. That's the thing is, it's like that's one of my favorite things about this movie, and something that I keep returning to every time I watch it is like. There's something so interesting as a New Yorker to the idea of, like, speed as this, like, singular, like, thing that's... Ha- like, he- like it so often feels this way in New York, even if you're not, like, this poetic, musing, you know, fascinating character it's so often that you feel like you're just this, like, lone wolf just, like, being surrounded by indifference and, like, people <laughs> who just, like, don't give a shit about you and, like, no matter, like, it's, the, he has a quote where he's, it's, like, Audrey Hepburn or somebody like that who says, like, I moved to New York because it's the only place I can be alone. Yeah, yeah. And, like, this is the loneliest movie to me. <laughs> like.
3: To have it is. This like
2: passing no guy who just nobody even looks at. He doesn't
1: even have friends in this movie. I'm yeah. sure he does because he's friends with the brother of the director.
2: And he's the guy whose couch he's staying on and whatever. And, like, right,
1: but it doesn't seem like he has any friends. Yeah, he mentions like talking to a woman. Um, oh yeah, he you also find out he's not gay. He's not gay. Uh, he he wants a to fuck women. Very uh, gay sounding voice, which I was very surprised to learn that he's not gay, um, and his whole vibe besides like the over poeticness reminds me a lot of, uh, brace building, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like just sort of this very like intense, yeah. uh, someone who has a lot of opinions and then you're like, Oh, you're also like a ladies man or something, or you want to yeah. like appear to be, um, yeah. Uh, a really interesting, very specific type of character, but I feel, um, my experience with this movie... So, I'd seen Waking Life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd always been drawn to wake that his moment in Waking Life. Yeah. Um, not least of which is because I've always had, you know, the stereotypical love affair with New York City. Sure. Um, and it's all of them. he's talking about that, as he's wanted to do. <laughs> um, but I uh, I feel something of a kinship with him as a sort of ugly nerd with adult acne who really cares about right. you know uh the city and i feel like i mean i don't think i've ever talked to you about this but like when i first moved here i thought i invented urban exploring mm-hmm. <laughs> like <laughs> like i would walk around by myself and just like test doors you know right and like i'd go to like anywhere i'd go to like queens and just Mm -hmm. like anything that looked like a door that wasn't someone's house i would just like walk into it um i found abandoned underground churches i found like a starcraft korean like um teams like workout shop where it was just Mm -hmm. like hundreds of korean kids playing starcraft underground um (laughs) and i like i just explored the city like as much as i could yeah um for years i would do this um not recording it not making a product just because it was like what I wanted to do right um and also i didn't know very many people yet um so it really felt so relatable to me mm-hmm. that he was just like obsessed with learning um about it and i think
2: yeah, he's i feel like he's a little manhattan centric for me
1: he does walk across the brooklyn bridge uh, like every day right yeah. um doesn't explore brooklyn in the movie right but i don't know i i I mean in this movie yes yeah uh he seems to be very and also one of the things i would criticize about his focus is on the ruling class celebrity Mm -hmm. people who were great and remembered um through history rather than like the sort of like intricacies of the systems right which is what i've always been more interested in although he does um, like but he gets there uh, something
2: interesting about him is how rooted in politics a lot of it ends up being yeah like, no he's, he is frequently talking about capitalism he's frequent, like he in his like musings about like the different people who lived in greenwich village like he references like several communist things mm-hmm. like
1: yeah he really early on sort of talks about like how he doesn't think like working for a living is a real thing, mm-hmm. and if this is the thing, is it felt like listening to myself, my inner monologue, ten years ago, mm-hmm. like reading Buckminster Fuller, and you know, sort of less, you know, Chomsky, and like less specifically political, but sort of like generally political, and like more sort of individualist. One of my, like one of my favorite things he talks about, um, in this whole thing is, um, he's like one of the one of the biggest triumphs for me in life is sincerity. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel that so deeply um, that it's one of these things that I feel like this culture, especially has completely lost. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And it felt a little bit anachronistic um, to watch this movie because it feels like someone who couldn't barely exist. Like, I feel like even now, if you looked at, like, Speed Leverage's Twitter or something, it would just be disappointing. It is. It's uh, very
2: disappointing. It's <laughs> like he has, like, 2,000 followers, and he, like, retweets lib shit.
1: Of course. <laughs> and that's the thing. I mean, that's what sincere people do if they don't, like, intentionally educate themselves. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and And it feels like he's a product of a very specific time mm-hmm. when what you wanted to do more than anything was find some like nugget of realism of 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 authenticity you know right. what i mean like right, the right. tail end of the end of history uh, right before the twin towers cuz the, the movie ends with him like sort of in his speed levitch way like fucking the twin towers basically yeah it's interesting
2: <laughs> it's 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 interesting how much of a like pre 911 mentality this movie embodies And also kind of like a raging against the pre-9-11 mentality. And then it literally ends in 9-11. Like, it's so crazy that that's, like, you couldn't have, you know, asked for, like, he would never cop to this, obviously. But, like, you couldn't (laughs) ask for a better way for this movie to end than for him to be between the Twin Towers. And two years later, they come down.
1: (laughs) Mm, Three. Spinning around. Yeah. Yeah just like spinning around and be like, they're so amazing.
2: And you spin around because he tells the kid when you spin around and get dizzy between the Twin Towers and then you lay down on the ground, it feels like they're caving in on top of you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's wild. Um, I couldn't help but laugh at that. It's just like...
2: He's tapped into something else. Yeah. Like that's the only explanation. (laughs) Because he even references it in uh, in some monologue in this where he's talking about the... um, the jewish idea of the like oh yeah like the 36 like menches or whatever i can't remember what the term is but it's like um it's like well it's it is sort of mentions it's like it's 36 people in the world who who, like
1: take on all of the pain and suffering of the rest of the world
2: yeah but they also like they are supposed to be like um like exemplars of humanity and like they are they are who god looks to to be like are humans still worthy and you're mm. supposed to be living the best, like, they're supposed to be living the best and most important lives to show God, like, you know, we should still be here.
1: I think Z- Zadakim Nistarim. Yeah, but he,
2: he has another term l- for it, but it's Lamed the same thing. Vavniks. Yeah. Um, Vavnix, yeah. But it's, it. yeah, it's... It's fascinating to see through that lens. Mm-hmm.
1: That part was interesting because that was the only moment that he sort of um, appeared to me to be a little bit like self-aggrandizing, mm-hmm. where because he's, I feel like he's talking about himself a little bit. Yes, like he, he sure is. Like yeah, he feels sure. like he's he's talking about how he's like the person who sees what is, like, pure mm-hmm. in the world and, like, only receives pain for it. Right. And it's like, I mean... <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> I, I mean, like, you seem like a really smart and interesting guy, and it is sad that you're poor, but it's like, you could not be. like <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know? uh, and I, but I do respect those kinds of people, like, those kinds of people who are just like, I can't. I can't participate in something so obviously immoral and disgusting and painful Right, uh, as like having my labor exploited. Like I've had friends like this, you know, like I have a friend who's currently a monk Mm -hmm. um, who was like just unable to keep a job because it was just like his understanding of like morality and justice was so fucking like specific. Yeah. And it was just like, this is wrong. Like this is like seeing the evil in the world. So deeply would like affect them that they just like couldn't do it you right. know and then they just like, have to be away from it um and i feel like that's how he kind of is where he's just like i can't deal with this yeah um
2: and it's like the there's also like some sense of like the mediocrity and like conformity is a big thing that he talks about a lot it's a
1: very 90s thing it's
2: you know? a very 90s thing and it's very funny with like one of the funnier things in the movie to me is like the like the grand scale of the things that he talks about and like the like the beauty and the 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 moments and whatever and then like the things that he rages against the most are like when they make him wear like the company yeah. shirt to do the tours and yeah. he's like i'm never gonna get laid again <laughs> 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 i do this job so i can fuck ladies <laughs>
1: <laughs> which is i can't tell if he's joking exactly cause no he
2: definitely i mean there's such a sexual element to him and it's such a funny part of it <laughs> for me because it's like He's this like he's this like, you know, wispy little poetry boy yeah. and then like every 3 minutes he's just like, you know, I have fucking this gives me such an erection. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that scene when he's like talking to the African guy who he works with who like I think he like flags the buses around or whatever and he's just like he's like, "Man, when we worked at that other place, oh, I felt like I had an erection every day." And the guy's <laughs> just like, "Yeah, it was pretty good to work there." <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah everyone's like all right man but it's like he's cool with people you yeah, know yeah, like yeah. he he doesn't lots of people kind of get the sense that he's real genuine too um and it's i think mean, he's fascinating yeah as a person um one of my other favorite things he says in this movie is uh like i can't remember how he says it he talks about how like the self is like the one thing that everyone believes in mm-hmm. it's like the, our one faith that we have as like a species is that like you're something else that's not that like you're you're an individual you know yeah. um but then he does it sort of like very 90s while he's like i don't care if it's fake the jo- the joy of life is to Trying to pretend to be one, you know, mm-hmm. like to convince yourself that you're the you're the best plant, right? You're the most tallest plant, most towards the sun or whatever. Yeah. yeah and I just have like the opposite feeling. <laughs> like I think the best thing you can do is for you know realize that you're not a real person or like you're not an individual, right? Um, like that's just how I think about life because like you're so convinced all the time that you're separated from other people and that you're not an ant, you right. know? You're not in the colony. That you're just like.
2: Yeah, there is alone. sort of like a. I mean, I, I don't want to call it individualism. Like individuality is a big part of his philosophy, but like it's not necessarily like a reactionary individualism. It's, no, it, but it's hard to like quite place a finger on it. Otherwise, it it definitely is like the kind of thing that like in a lesser mind would lead to reactionary thought. Yeah, um, but I think he's just too keen for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's too sharp. But, yeah, I'm just kind of – this is probably why so many hippies ended up becoming reactionaries over mm-hmm. time, right? Is because they were spoon-fed the same ideology that he has, but they just don't have the <laughs> – they don't have the tools to, to – to, to take
1: it anywhere else. Yeah. then just – well – Te- go team! Right. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a it's a really weird and interesting window into a guy who he like you're saying he's tapped into something else. Like yeah. he understands, like the way he talks about the city is a way that I've always disliked. Actually, like mm-hmm. I've heard people talk about it, and it, it's sort of become this sort of stereotypical like um, gent ex gentrifier kind of thing, where it's mm-hmm. like. New York City will chew you up like it's, yeah, a, yeah, it's yeah. a machine, man, and it's <laughs> oh, like sure, yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. It, it's a it's a garbage disposal, and you'll you know you'll get fucked up, and like I, this sort of like it's this organism, this big like thing, and for me the thing about New York is that it's the only it's one of the only places in America that is like a real society. <laughs> 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 That's what I feel about New York is that it's like if you don't like New York, you don't like people. Right. That's how I feel. It's just like, this is a place that's teeming with humanity in its horrificness and its joyousness and Mm -hmm. jubilance and violence. And it's like, if you don't like that, it's because you hate (laughs) the society you're in.
2: But the, the chew up and spit out thing is like so much more about like the... like the speed of things here, the relentlessness of things here, that sort of like that, that constant wave of indifference that we were talking about. Mm -hmm. Like it, it definitely like it has an effect on people and it has an effect on people. Not to add to that also that like, it's a very expensive place to live and it sure. keeps getting more expensive. And it's like, I kind of thought during that monologue that that's kind of something he was referencing is like, you know, he's like, and I had to leave for a little bit and I got to come back and like, mm. crawled my way back onto the island. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, you probably just like, ran out of money, yeah. would be my guess. <laughs> because you work for 200 bucks a week. Right,
1: and that's like sort of the, the thing that is difficult about New York City is that, this is what I mean. Is it's the pinnacle of everything that America is. Right. Which is, that means it's, like, the highest concentration of, like, indifference capitalism. But it's also, like, the highest concentration of people who are just down to hang out and collaborate and, Mm -hmm. like, build stuff with you or whatever within, like... Or just I'm,
2: talk your ear off or, or anything. Just you can, like, like take you for a weird ride.
1: Anything that's in the rest of the country is here. Mm. And people are like, what about farms? Like there's farms here. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's all kinds of stuff here. Um even like weird gun Republicans in Staten Island or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like it's it's this weird microcosm of the rest of the country. Um and I think that I don't I think that what we're looking at and what we're talking about isn't some other That was my the only thing that I really take issue with him is like whole thing is that it's like New York isn't a separate beast. It's just what happens when people are together, you know. Yeah. (laughs) Um. But it it feels like it. It feels that's 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 what non individualism is. Is that you realizing that you're a part of this other thing? Mm -hmm. Um. Because humanity is like this weird. Hive of like yeah. bristling, but I shit. guess it's
2: like that sort of like tapped into the other side thing with him, where it's like he is kind of this like like Poseidon like wielding New York, yeah, like you he, know, like he, he thinks he's of like, himself
1: like riding it like a bronco, exactly, yeah, yeah like <laughs> he's able to
2: like bend it to his will and like yeah. make it do the things he wants it to do and whatever, and like and sometimes he can't, and like
1: <laughs> it's a way that of dealing with the sort of the reality of, of a huge monolithic group of other people Mm -hmm. is to imagine it as a single entity that you can worship. Yeah. Like New York becomes his God, um, which is insane and amazing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, it's really interesting. Yeah. Um, I guess we're, we're going over. Um, but it's a, it's a fantastic little movie. Yeah. Um, that I, 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 nice and short, too. It's a little 104 minutes, I think. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I think um, if there's one thing it really does, it makes me want to really appreciate where I live, mm-hmm. which was very hard during the pandemic because... You can what,
2: only see your rooms.
1: I think I think I wasn't here for 9-11, um, but I feel like the pandemic was the opposite. Like what I assume with I nine eleven is that it was like there was this cultural shift, but like if anything, New Yorkers kind of came together, mm-hmm. um, and like helped each other. That's at least the narrative. Yeah. Um, and there was either it not either nothing happened to you, and you're sort of just like, well, that sucks. And like there was this weird thing that like culturally happened. Right. But the COVID pandemic felt like. New York shut off Mm -hmm. like you couldn't experience the sort of you know staggering awe of the God that the pulsing mass of people was because everyone just like went away yeah Uh, and that felt weirder than I think it's ever felt
2: the way that it's it's opposite is is that like what happened on 9-11 was like the unique thing that everybody remembers is that everybody was outside Mm -hmm. everybody was outside everybody was on their roofs everybody was in the streets whatever view you could get of the smoke like that's where everybody was that day and then covid it's the opposite everybody's inside nobody sees each other so like yeah it it yeah it very much has like the opposite impact on people where like I think people are like sick of New York now because <laughs> like, that's the other thing is after 9-11 it's like America is New Yorkers now you know we all love New York and then like you know all that goodwill is like completely gone and now after COVID <laughs> everybody's just like New York is just gonna make it a New York thing aren't they it's gonna be COVID will only happen New York that's right it <laughs> but did. That is absolutely right
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's it true. only happened here <laughs> it only happened here and I mean I don't know if that's not true. Like, <laughs>
2: it definitely happened the worst here it happened... because we had the worst governor.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, it also like has a different type of effect here because we aren't in cars. Mm-hmm. We aren't like already in our house in like suburbs all the time.
2: Right, we're all stacked into gigantic buildings.
1: Yeah, and we usually see each other all of the time, whether it's block parties or shows. You know, big yeah. huge um whatever um and then it just went away and it was very bad for me <laughs> personally um and i'm very glad it's over here um
2: and it's over it's over it's over COVID and it was a hoax over. made by the <laughs> chinese it was a plan <laughs> it was a pandemic they made it yeah sh- it, it leaked from their lab and they made it up <laughs>
1: A chinese american partnership to make it up uh, and make also it up leak, leak it from leak a lab and because yeah.
2: they eat wolverine soup
1: we agree with john stewart
2: <laughs> it's so funny like the more you like the the more time goes on it's very funny to see like the various ways in which republicans have like adjusted the conspiracy that they believe to have <laughs> happened like they've they've run every single play on this it's so ridiculous it doesn't make
1: any sense I don't even know what the I don't even know what the narrative is. It's it a terrible was, conspiracy. It was a
2: disgusting wet market in China, and yeah. like the problem is that Chinese people eat Wolverine soup uh, and are disgusting, and they're disgusting. And then it was a lab leak. No,
1: no, no. And then it was it doesn't exist. No, no, no. Then it was a lab leak. <laughs> then
2: it didn't exist. Okay. Then it was planned. Then it didn't exist again. Oh yeah. Then it was just like the flu. It's not even that big a deal.
1: It clearly exists, but don't yeah, worry yeah.
2: about it. Then it didn't exist again. <laughs> Now we're back to, it was (laughs) (laughs) gladly
1: It's so fucking stupid.
2: Um, There's like no integrity at all.
1: but i can't get anything done anymore (laughs) like i don't want to be here yeah like i don't want to be in my basement i don't want to be in my house i constantly just want to be getting fucking shit faced yeah at a bar surrounded by as many bodies as possible (laughs) i want to be at the beach i want to be in the park you know like i want to be in people's faces yeah i want to like i i've i have been just like walking to different neighborhoods and Mm -hmm. stuff and just like last week i was like in manhattan i was just, just staying here <laughs> <laughs> i just like sat in manhattan and like walked around for like hours nice. with no direction uh, and it was great to finally do what i came here to do which is <laughs> just enjoy it um so thanks speed for making me feel very nice about living here again
2: yeah um we should fucking it is we perfect. should hit him up you should yeah
1: he's we have He's more followers around than him. yeah
2: <laughs> we definitely we definitely have more followers Speed than him. come
1: on the show <laughs> how weird would that be like have a bonus where we just like
2: i would love give it him so much a
3: prompt and i yeah, just like,
2: like just what's the best movie about cruising that's really <laughs> that's what i want to hear him talk about is like yeah. what's the best movie about cruising
3: yeah
1: yep and that's what we didn't talk about the anti-cruise But the anti-cruise was basically, like, anything that facilitates you not doing what you want. (laughs) Yeah. Uh Which is a little bit, like, edgy anarchist for me. Uh But, like, I do understand that it's, like, I think more what he meant was, like, bureaucracy. It's just anything that gets in
2: your way of enjoying your time, right? And it's, like, it's it's as big as, like like the anti-cruise is like them making him wear the shirt it's the anti-cruise is the police the anti-cruise is like a traffic jam but then it's also like he's like the one that he shows the the walking tour is he's like you know this is as elementary and and uh illustrative of a a, an anti-cruise as you can see it's construction on the sidewalk, yeah, and he's yeah. like, and he's <laughs> like, we're walking along here, and I'm showing you guys all this stuff, and there's some construction right here. This is the anti-cruise <laughs> incarnate.
3: It's
1: <laughs> like we have to cross the street now, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I thought it was a very
2: fun movie. Yeah, I thought it was excellent cute. film. I highly recommend watching it.
1: Yeah, and it inspired a lot of people to do you know use digital and to transfer to 35 to do like a very specific kind of incredibly vulnerable very very close up uh kind of filmmaking yeah that we're still dealing with today um sometimes for good and for bad i think it's 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 sort of responsible for things like harmony Corine mm-hmm. and like um i don't know soderbergh probably yeah um
2: uh, what's his name who made um tangerine
1: oh yeah um don't remember his name but don't tangerine in the florida project yeah um Yeah, because Tangerine
2: was filmed on an iPhone, wasn't it? Uh huh. That shit rules. I love that.
1: It is so cool that you can do that, and like, you're fine. Like you can win Sundance or whatever. Like it's great. I think any. This is what's so disappointing about. It's you have insane amounts of technology already in your pocket you, this guy had to buy this camera yeah and be uh-huh. like oh i can do it this way you don't need to you could just shoot a movie
2: yeah this is like proto youtube right this is like it. the this <laughs> is the proto version of like what we're able to have now on like vine and whatever
1: yeah it's just so frustrating that there's millions of hours uploaded a video to youtube every day and yeah. all of it is nothing it's all it's nothing. just pablum. <laughs> it's just like somebody craft something I mean, like we talked about earlier in the episode, Dynamo Dream, weird, insane people doing like way more work than they need to. That's impressive. Right. And I want to like tell people about it, but it's like, you could just like go to your bedroom and make a good movie.
2: Yeah. Uh, not even a movie, a, a little short I want to see more shit like this. I just want to see like character studies of wing nuts. That's yeah. really what I want to see. That's the only type of movie I really want to see.
1: You you really can just walk around and listen to a guy talk for an hour and a half and make me feel something. Yeah. It's not that hard. I'm easy. But like do anything other than a TikTok dance. Not to like <laughs> really, like, but not, not as an old person. Like. Whatever it was when I was a kid of like uh, playing video games or reviewing yeah, a video sure. game or something. It wasn't good then either. Do something that takes a fucking any amount of thought. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I really liked it. Uh, and I think it's a really important movie. Um, especially if you live in New York. It's great. Yeah. So, or
2: if you've ever been interested in coming to see New York.
1: Yep. And I'm going to go see New York right now. I'm <laughs> going to go outside <laughs> and uh, have a little cruising but that's the end of the episode thanks so much for listening to generation loss uh thanks jeremy for showing this movie if you'd like to hear more of our podcast please go to gen- uh, patreon.com slash generation loss follow us on twitter at GenLossPod. pod we don't have enough followers there you should be following yeah, you should us, follow there. us that
2: that one should be bigger than speed levish's account too
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah at least um no disc speed please come on the show Uh, (laughs) you can follow me at kina jeremy at jeremy thunder follow his youtube channel at jeremy thunder um you can listen to my other show bb lettuce um and uh yeah we'll see you in the discord see you in the discord goodbye
3: (laughs)